2: Hi everyone, I'm Dana Balut. And I'm Hebe Fisher. And this is El Empire.
3: It went viral. It was everywhere. It's very, very foreign to
1: Arab culture to talk about personal things publicly.
3: Twelve years before that I was under the bombs of Beirut. I didn't go to therapy. I think I should. This is El Empire
2: stories of exceptional arabs around the world and their journey to the top.
3: I took the recording. The first episode I sent it to my sisters and to my cousins. Then suddenly it was everywhere. It was everywhere. The episode went viral. We had to half million hits in 5 days and suddenly Everyone was calling me, I started having calls from agents, and I didn't know how to do it. I'm, I'm a housewife minding my own business doing a PhD, why are you calling me, I don't know what to do.
2: Today we're sitting down with Hatun Qadi, a Saudi comedian. She is the creator, scriptwriter and presenter of the show Noon in Niswa, alongside writing and presenting the NBC show Kalam Nawa'am. But she didn't start off in media, actually her background was in IT management. And then sometime in her late 30s, she decided she'd make people laugh for a living in Saudi and as the very first woman to do so.
0: Yeah, Hatoon is the first female Saudi comedian in existence. <laughs> her show, Nuna Niswa, gets hundreds of thousands to millions of views per video. So I called Saitun one late evening. She actually drove around Jeddah for something like an hour, trying to find the recording studio because I had accidentally sent her the wrong pin. Um, But she arrived, thankfully, and we got into it.
3: Where were you born? I was born and raised uh, in Mecca, Saudi Arabia.
0: If your mom had to describe you at the age of 12, what would she say about you?
3: Oh, at the age of 12, I was a very hard teenager to manage. Well, actually, she would describe me as the, the child who is very good at school and very tough at home. Actually, we were six children, and, and I was the second child. The first child from my mom and dad was Hadil, and she, she was a girl. And then I went after her, and I was a girl, and then I was nothing special. I was not a boy, I was not special, so I needed to find my place in that. And then my my mom and dad, they ended up having six children in 10 years. So actually to find your position, it was so crowded, (laughs) you needed to do something. I was trying to create a place inside home by being sometimes violent. So yeah, I was very hard to manage. (laughs) What was your relationship like with your siblings? We are five girls and uh, one boy. And, uh, you know, my relationship with my sisters, actually, we were very close in age. And my uh, older sister, she was like the big boss. And uh, she was taking uh, my other sisters, Hiba and Hannah, under her wings. And I was left alone. So... What would I do? I am alone, so I need to fight. And I used to tell my other sister that she is just controlling you, and you are not saying anything. I don't want to be controlled. So uh, I would turn to violence instead. <laughs> I was uh, I was just trying to attract the attention of my mom and dad by being the girl who is always having issues. <laughs> so that's actually how I was dealing with my childhood. And And the other thing that I have always... Throughout my life, I was overweight. And being overweight for an unoverweight overweight uh, parents was very hard. And uh, actually, my mom and dad, they were very beautiful. And, you know, to be a child for very beautiful parents, it's it's a challenge. So I had, uh, I'm used to challenge since I was a little girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you and your sisters and your brother fight about? What, what were some of the things that you guys argued over? Okay.
3: Well, all kinds of fights. Actually, with my older sister, with uh, Hadil, it was always because we used to share a room. So I want to sleep early. She doesn't. And uh, I have always uh, wanted uh, to have the AC on a certain temperature. She always wanted higher. And I like uh, to have a little bit of lights uh, when we sleep. She didn't. So there were fights every day every day and I mean it every day and now when my children they are fighting I just let it go because I just remember myself I will not play the cards that when I was your age I wasn't like this because I was worse actually so yeah I, I don't say anything to my children <laughs> <laughs> were you always the funny one in the family well when I was at school I was always the funny girl but at home uh, there, there was no audience as I said before when 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 you are one of six it's so hard. It's so hard to, to stand out. So at school, I was always the girl who speaks up for the class and to mock other teachers. And I was always the girl who would sing and make everyone everyone else sing. I mean, I was really good academically that other teachers were putting up with uh, with me singing all the time, with me having fun all the time. So at school, yes, I knew that I that I can make other people laugh. People used to laugh at my joke, but at home, no one, no one is, no one was listening. <laughs> I'm not complaining, you know. I'm not complaining. I had a wonderful childhood, actually, but it is true. I always say this: when you, are, when parents have more than three children, it will be really hard for the rest of the for the rest of the children. It will be very hard for them to stand out. So it was just a fact. <laughs>
0: What did you want to be when you grew up, and how did that manifest at a young age? So, say when you were fifteen, did you have an idea of what you what you wanted to be when you were older?
3: Well, actually, I really knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a doctor, and I was planning this uh, throughout my childhood. And you know, and then uh, when I reached the, the second year of uh, high school, I decided that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, and that that was for a reason. I have always Loved to have fun. I loved studying. I mean, I was really good academically, but I didn't want to spend the rest of my life studying. I knew this by the second year of my of high school. Uh, and I used to really love reading. I was a bookworm. And then I decided to go and study computer science. People, they don't expect me to think this way, but actually during, well, when I was at school and then when I went to university, I was a typical Saudi girl who was looking forward to getting married. And actually... My younger sisters, they got married before me. And that was... Uh, that was... I, mean, I, I felt during that time that the world is not good and that my life uh, is over and that I will never get married. So actually, I decided that I will pursue my education and I will be the girl with education because I don't have luck in marriage. And uh, how old I was when I was thinking this, all of those thoughts, 19, 18. And I thought that the, my, my life is over because... Uh, no grooms were proposing during that time. So I have, I have had it planned all the way that I will be pursuing my education. But then at the last year of university, I get engaged and then I get married and then I started a career actually. I started a career at IT. So I settled down. I was not thinking about pursuing my education because I'm married now you know when you are married at the Arab world you have uh, I mean achieved 60% of the requirement as a a woman so I don't need to do other things and I also started having children so actually what, what do I need to do more And as my career was advancing, and then I started thinking about being a Mudira, about being a manager. And to be a manager, and it was a very tough field. I was at the IT, and it was not easy to be a Mudira or to be a manager. So then I decided to pursue my education and to take the master degree. So I took my children and I went to the UK and I did my master's degree in IT management. So I studied information technology management and organizational change. And I would say that me studying at the UK, well, it was a turning point in my life because the education there was so much different. I was introduced to something called critical thinking. (laughs) You may be wondering, we've never came across this we were not allowed to think to be honest and i'm not saying this it's uh, that this is only the educational system here in our, it used to be in saudi arabia but actually in, in all, i think we share this with the arab world because we know when when they used to give us assignments about that We need to be critical with papers. And I was like, what do you mean by critical? You know everything. How can I criticize you? How can I bring a journal article written by professors, by people with higher ranks than me? And then I criticize it. It was very hard to me and it took me one year, which is the master degree for me to understand. So yeah, really studying at the UK, it really changed me. Actually, it has, I mean, it changed my mindset. And now I think differently. After her master's, Hatoon
0: returned to Jeddah and began climbing the ranks as an IT manager. When her career became quite intense, though, she scaled it back and took on a part-time teaching role.
3: And you know what I did? I resigned from my managerial job. (laughs) And during that time, I used to teach uh, in a part-time basis. I started having time for myself. And I started realizing that I love writing. I love baking. (laughs) So it was like I really needed some break to realize that I love other things than working and other things than maybe uh, enjoy living. As simple as this. I started blogging and my blogs were sarcastic. I used to blog about social issues, about things that I see on a daily basis. I used to have uh, stories with characters. I invented a mom's character with children and with a maid and with a driver. And they used to have, it, it was like a sitcom, a written sitcom.
0: Can you describe what the comedy scene in Saudi was like in 2011 when you were, just as you were starting to think of this idea
3: starting, I think, from 2011, the YouTube shows at Saudi Arabia were booming. Actually, it was like a parallel media, a parallel media. It was not, we, during that time, it was the conventional media, the TVs and satellite channels and the YouTube channels. It was, it was a trend during that time. And people were so very thirsty to this kind of content that was produced and written by youth and was addressing youth at the same time. Actually, it was written and produced by youth, but the audience were, the whole society was watching. The whole society was clapping. The whole society was enjoying. And I was one of the people who was really enjoying. I was really happy with that. And I was really happy with the kind of, I mean, it was not, they were doing something that was not very, not very formal. Things were very informal. When we watch TV, you see that the TV presenter, uh, male or female, you feel that they are so very distant from you because they are speaking from a very high place. And the uh, and the and the female uh, and the female presenters, she is very heavily made up, and she is just. Speaking with this stone like uh, I'm the queen, of the queen of the world and I know better than you so do you feel that they were very distant from them so when those guys they started we felt that they that they belong to us that they can they are talking to us we can listen to them and we can talk to them back we can comment we can like we can talk to them so yeah that was a very it was revolutionary during that
1: time <laughs>
0: So it was a pretty male-dominated field, though, is that, is that correct in terms of comedy? Were there any other female comedians in Saudi in
3: 2011? Uh, in fact, I wouldn't say that it was males-dominated field. Actually, there were no females. <laughs> I don't know where they, were, where they were hiding. And until now, I don't know where they are hiding. I mean, it was something because the YouTube is open. And uh, anyone who wanted to start the channel, they could, they could have started the channel. And there were uh, very few bloggers during that time. Blogging was not very popular during that time. But if I, if I want to go back to 2011, 2012, we used to have uh, Al-Johara Sajer, And uh, she was, I think, the first female blogger. She used to blog about uh, girls' stuff and uh, shopping and uh, product reviews. Suddenly, due in 2011, just the idea just popped out in my mind. It was like, I have the content. And I knew that I can turn this written materials into something visual. I knew that I can do it. So why not? And there was a gap. There were al Tasi, All of those were shows presented by males. And they address social issues, economical issues, political issues. So for me to stand out, I need to bring something with different identity. And when I wrote the mission and vision statements, it was about a show that will bring the female perspective of social issues. I was not thinking about, let's go and compete with the guys. Why only guys are doing it, we can do it. Because this, because this mindset will just make me want to exist for the sake of existence.
0: This was 2011 and Hatsun had returned to the UK with her family for her PhD so she's watching Saudi comedians on YouTube and decided that she wanted to join them with her own show based off the blogs that she had been writing she called the show noon and Niswa let's talk
3: about Noon and Niswa so firstly what does it mean I don't I don't know what it means uh, in the Arabic language actually we address uh, male and female differently. And for the female, we usually use uh, the letter nun, which is equivalent to the letter N in English, to address female. So for the male, if I'm, if I'm addressing a group of male, I say antum. But for when I'm addressing a group of female, I say antunna. So this is the nun at the end of uh, antunna. This is called nun and niswa. And I was one had completely against giving this name to the show, and I'll tell you why. I have always had these negative feelings about uh, any female shows. Usually when you say that this is a female show, uh, people will think about uh, baby care, will, call, will think about fashion, makeup, cooking, and all of these things. And I don't say that there is anything wrong about cooking, about makeup, about parenting, about any any of these things. But my show is not about these things. So why would I give it a name that would give the wrong impression or give the wrong identity? Then uh, Mr. Qaswar al-Khatib, and he is the one who encouraged me to do Niswa. That's the
0: CEO of U-Turn, one of the largest media companies in Saudi, making original content for YouTube.
3: He is my mentor, and he told me we are giving it an identity. I wanted to bring real content. I wanted to real to bring in the female perspective of social issues. And that's it. So I went to Qaswar al-Khatib. It was winter 2011, and we were having it at the Christmas break. He was interested. Then I told him, OK, I have scripts. Ready, he told me, "Okay, uh, with uh, with a normal camera, uh, do uh, do an episode, and send uh, us the footage. We will we will edit them." And I had uh, a very basic movie camera. So qaswar told me, "Okay, Hatun, uh, just uh, place the camera over a tripod and do the recording." And then he hung he hung up the phone, and I was like, "What is tripod?" I didn't know what tripod means, <laughs> so I just googled tripod. I thought that it's a very advanced piece of camera. <laughs> it ended up to be a stand for the camera, so I went and I bought this tripod, this very state-of-the-art piece of uh, equipment, which is called tripod. I placed the tripod and I placed my camera over the tripod, and uh, I set uh, the I set the camera in at my children's office, at uh, my children's room. And I started the recording. And uh, during that time, I didn't know that there is something called editing that exists. So if I made a mistake, I would repeat everything all over again. So uh, I think the four minutes took me maybe an hour and a half to do. Yeah, hour and a half, because I would stop and do it all over again, and stop and do it all over again, and stop and do it all over again. The pilot
0: she shots was based on a script that she had written about El Kaulana,
3: I invented this kaulana. And kaulana which comes from the word cool in English, that everyone wanted to be cool. Assalamu alaikum. name is انسان i cool بالبنان. لا it with banana. I سوى البورشا والبي إم. Gucci لا Fendi. على شواطئ ماربيا. أما شتائي فما نصيبي جبال I لا سوى الكرواسون شوكليت كإفطار. ولم أسمع في حياتي oh my when I first got married and then I was raising children during that time everyone wanted to place their children in expensive schools even though that they don't have the money everyone wanted to drive very expensive cars even though that they do, they don't have the money i mean no one was happy with their social status everyone wanted to climb one step over their social status طيب عشان تكون يا عزيزتي ضمن الدائرة الكلية, أربع صفات الصفة الاولى لازم يكون عندك صعوبة شديدة في التعبير باللغة العربية. واو مره نايس الفيلم مره اوصم او مي ايش يعني awesome مره ما اكد بس هم مره مره اوصم awesome. وطبعا ممكن عزيزاتنا دي اللي هي مره أوسم awesome تكون في الطيارة. most of my so I did a small uh, pilot, and then I sent the footage to U-Turn, and they hated it. <laughs> yes, they hated it at the beginning. And the thing is, because Qaswara, during that time, he was the investor. He was not managing. And because he was the investor, so the guys at U-Turn, they did not want to upset him. So they took the footage, and they, put, they did some editing to it, but they hated it, but they cannot say no to Qaswara so they were postponing and postponing and they were telling me tomorrow, no, after tomorrow. And then they told me, OK, the first recording, although the, it was OK, but, you know, you needed to do another recording with better cameras. So I booked someone with better cameras and I did another recording and I sent it back to them. They hated it again, but they were never clear in saying we hate you Haton. They kept on telling me, okay, tomorrow, okay, after tomorrow, okay, nana, okay, nana. Uh, For about maybe six or seven months, I didn't know what they were thinking. Kaswara loved what I did. And U-turn, they are being very vague. They were being very vague. And then I took the recording the first episode i sent it to my sisters and to my cousins i told them look this is a project that we are that we want to do just watch it it's a it's a private link at youtube don't share it with anyone because inshallah one day we are going to do it professionally so i posted it on my cousins group and then my cousin she uh, didn't see that I told them not to post it with, uh, not to share it with anyone. She shared it with her friends, and then Hanford shared it with uh, with her friends, and then uh, I started seeing it being shared on uh, on Twitter. Uh, then suddenly, the, the, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. We had half million hits in five days. The episode went viral, and suddenly. Everyone was calling me. I started having calls from agents, and I didn't know how to do it. I'm, I'm a housewife minding my own business, doing a PhD. Why are you calling me? I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Please. I didn't know what to do. A U-turn, even though they were really hating it, after that episode went viral, then they called me again, and they told me, okay, we hated you at the beginning, but now this is working. It has lots of potential. Then let's do it.
0: That's amazing, mashallah. How did that feel when, uh, in five days later, when you started to see it everywhere? What what was going through your mind?
3: You know, when I look back to 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 those days, I just think about, I didn't celebrate, I did, I was, I didn't understand, I didn't know that that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Really, I was very busy with my life. I was very busy with my PhD. And I was not here. I was not in Saudi Arabia. So actually, I was not walking in the streets, having people recognizing me and this. No, 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 no. It was different. So I was just watching what what was happening in social media. And it was great. I suddenly had 10,000 followers on uh, Twitter. So I jumped up from 1,000 follower to 10,000 follower in a few days. So yeah, I was realizing the real difference. But I, when I go back, if I knew that how great that was, I would have celebrated more. Did you Did you speak with anybody
0: yeah. about um, as this was happening? Who Who did you tell about what was what you were starting?
3: Well, from the very first, begin, from the very beginning, of course, I told my husband during the time, my ex-husband, my ex-husband, and I told my mom and I told my dad. I was clear about everything. It was not like I want to go against anyone. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of person who would fight uh with family no i don't like fighting with families and i don't know if if it's uh, if we can go back uh, to to my upper um, to my upbringing my father has always been a very conservative man so for me um for me to to go to university to go to to go to a university in Jeddah, it was revolutionary during that time. I really wanted it. So I did not start by yelling and by saying, I will go. It's my future. You are me. You are just uh, preventing me from achieving my dream. Because I know that my dad, he didn't want us to go to, to commute because... He was worried and he said that it's hard and maybe it will be dangerous and all of these things. So what I did is that I secured all of his fears. I told him I'll be commuting in a bus with girls. And uh, if anything happened, I have my auntie's home. It's just next to the university. So if anything happened to the at the university, they can just call her and I can just go to her. And I gave him all the reasons to trust me, so uh, I did it softly, 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 softly. And then he said yes at the uh, at the end. I did the same when I wanted to to do my YouTube show. I just attended to their worries. I did not say that no. You, when you if you said no, that means you are preventing me. No, 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 no. I just because they are family. They are are my mom, my dad, my husband during that time. And family is very, very, very important. And nothing is worth losing your family and and losing your family support. You will need your family support. And when I say family, I mean the very immediate family, moms, dads, brothers and sisters, husband. Anyone else is not important. As As long as your mom and dad are with you, then you are okay. You don't need to please everyone.
0: Hedsoon told me that as Noonan Niswa started to become a reality, she drafted a vision and mission statement for her show. At what point did you sit down and write down, here are the principles that are going to guide me, and and why why did you do that?
3: Uh, well, in fact, from the very, very beginning, I, I did this document which contained the vision and mission of uh, Noonan Niswa. And for me, I really wanted... ...to talk about social issues that are pressing, that are annoying me. Um, but where to, uh, where to begin? So I needed to have a place to begin. So this document was leading me. I want to do this and I will achieve this by doing this. So this, this is my vision and this is my, my mission. So I will achieve my mission by, by aspiring or by looking always up to my vision. Uh, it lives at my Google document... and uh, I always go back to it and it's actually it's in my mind it is my compass Um, because I always remind myself that I am a content oriented person that I don't live without content I don't exist in social media without content and the thing with with the current social media influencers is I always ask what will people remember them with? With the makeup tutorial that they did? Sorry, I'm not undermining anyone, al-Azim. But it really hurts me that even people without any content they are being crazily famous without, and if it was harmless, we would say it's okay. This life is really huge and it can accommodate all of us. But when you when you have this influencer markets promoting this uh, crazy consumption uh, trend. Everyone wants to own stuff. It's like you are worth what you wear. You are you worth what you possess. This is really harmful.
0: What is the vision for Noonan Niswa? What's
3: the mission? So actually my vision was to have a YouTube show that uh, speaks uh, for the ordinary woman, the woman that you see every day in the streets and uh, you meet at the supermarket to bring the conservative woman, the normal woman into the comedy scene. And the mission, uh, this will be achieved uh, by uh, discussing uh, certain different social issues within the boundaries of the society. And when I say the boundaries of the society, I refer to my own boundaries. Lots of people think that I am being restricted by the society, by the politics. Actually, I am a very conservative person and I have lots and lots and lots of red lines and those red lines are imposed by me to me. So I steer clear from profanity. I steer clear from explicit sexual content. I steer clear from uh, political issues, not out of fear. It's just out. It's not me. I will not go there just to make people laugh. It's the easiest way, you know, profanity and sexual orientation content. They are the easy way for any comedian for me. I like insightful comedy. And this is harder, actually, to have something that people can relate to. It is, very, it is very challenging, and I like this challenge.
0: Noonan Niswa, which has been running for the past seven years, brings in several hundred thousand to a few million views per video on YouTube. In 2014, Hatoon was also named one of BBC's 100 Women. Most recently, she's been writing and presents a special weekly segment on NBC's Kalam Noaem. But all of this was not without its challenges. Let's go back to the early days of Noonan Niswa, after she had released that first episode that went
3: viral. And the challenge came is that after this episode, we released another episode, and then when we released it, and it went to the wrong hands, and then I started receiving abuse. And when I say abuse, yeah, abuse. You know, I, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I am very comfortable with the way I look. Uh, if I'm not comfortable with the way I look, I would not dare going out with my real self. <laughs> and then people started commenting on the way I look. And I, I did not see this coming. I expected people to say that I'm not funny. I expected people to say, how dare if you are a woman to do this. But I was not expecting People to question my femininity by saying you are too ugly to be a woman. No, that was too much for me. For God's sake, no, 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 no. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was too much. And I received all the synonyms of fat. Yeah, dubba, yeah, Matina, you are so fat to be a human. You are, uh, uh, how dare you uh, go out looking this way? People, sh- People like you should hide should be embarrassed. And uh, also there was a comment, I always refer back to this comment. Uh, it was like, look, people like, I was wearing a beige color in that episode. People like you should not be wearing beige. They should be wearing uh, gray because this is the proper color for elephants. Oh God, God, you're so creative. I want to bring you to my show. <laughs> you're so creative. <laughs> but you are abusing your creative mind. <laughs> So I, uh, that, that episode came like a shock to me. You know, no, that was too much. That was too much. That was too much. I was so vulnerable during that time. And I actually thought about stopping, stop doing this uh, because I told myself I'm an honorable person. Uh, I have an honorable family. I, um, why would I subject my family to this? Because my family will be reading those comments. Why would I let them see this? Alhamdulillah, I'm having a good life. I don't need this financially. I don't need the fame. I wanted to do something that I really love. I was not looking for the fame. If the fame came out of this, fine. If it didn't, I will not do something that will really affect my pride because that was so bad. And I was thinking about quitting. And then I had a very long phone call with Qaswar al-Khatib and he told me, look, Hatun, I told you, I told you those trolls will come. If uh, they didn't see you at the first viral episode, they will see you. They will come back to you. And they told you. And, uh, okay, the, the second episode was not as good as the first one. That's fine. We'll make other great episodes. He was speaking so easily. It was like, and I was like, you are not the one who was called dubba. You are not the one who, uh, uh, he said, okay, if you, wanna, if you don't want to do it, don't. But I see lots of potential in this. So I had about three months to think about it. And then I, I went back to Saudi Arabia and I started professionally with U-turn. I swallowed my pride. I started developing a very thick skin. And then, yeah, uh, you want to call me fat? Yes, I am fat. Next.
0: How did you handle, handle that criticism, though? I understand it, it took three months. I mean, what would you advise to to Masalan and another girl? Is that just time? Is it you just surround yourself with people who love you? Do you bake a
3: lot? How do you handle it? <laughs> I bake and eat. <laughs> well, well, in fact, it took, it, it took time because it's not easy. And then I told myself, look, Haton, if you want to go there, expose yourself to the world, you will not expect that only good people will watch you. Bad people, they do exist. And you cannot control this. The thing that you can control is how you are going to deal with this. And... The personal bad comments—something that criticizes your voice, something that criticize your look, something that criticizes the way you speak—you need to ignore them completely. Block those people and get them out of your life. Anyway, even if you were not able to, to get out of your, uh, to get them away from your life, don't let them affect you. Learn how to do this. Learn it. It will not just come. You need to learn. If you need to get coach, go and get a coach. If you need to read lots of books, then do. If you need to go to uh, retreats every now and then to cleanse yourself from all the bad things and be ready to embrace other things, then do it. But you need to master all of this. If you will expose yourself to the public. So
0: Hedtoon's media career took off. Noonan Naswa was growing, with each video bringing in upwards of a million views on YouTube. She landed a TV series on NBC during Ramadan. She was writing for other shows. And in the middle of her success in 2014, she and her husband got divorced. She's raising her two boys on her own.
3: What has it been like being a single mom in in Saudi? I'll tell you something. Alhamdulillah, because I am financially independent, things were lots and lots and lots easier for me. I know that this is not the case for lots of women. Lots of women, when they get divorced, they are forced into going and uh, living with their families. And uh, lots of the families, they will feel pressured that they need to get control of their daughter after she is divorced, just out of social norms. I was able to get an independent uh, living space. uh, I'm able to provide for myself and uh, for my boys. So this is a blessing. So I always tell women... Try to be financially independent. Be happily married. Be happily married forever and aim for it to be forever, inshallah. But also try to be financially independent. That's it. Can I ask what happened? Um, that was back in 2014 when I was actually doing my PhD. Well, um, it's, uh, nothing happened. Actually, I knew that this was going to happen from the very beginning. And I kept on postponing it. I don't know why I kept postponing it all of that time. But actually, I have to say these things. Although we both knew that this was going to happen eventually, but I have to say this. My husband, he never, ever, ever stood on my way. Actually, he, uh, I did, I achieved everything when I was married. When I i had, uh, I started my career and I prospered in my career when i was married and i did my master degree when i was married and i started my phd when i was when i, when I was married and i started nunaniswa when i was married and uh, although that it happened eventually but everyone 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 when when they know that uh, that i am divorced they would say of course because the man then they could not stand that you are successful wallahi Azim, that was not the reason but he was supportive all the time
0: what do your parents think of Noon and now? Do
3: they watch? Uh, my father, no. My mom, she, she does. And uh, she, she always comments on me speaking too fast. <laughs> Actually, if my father would say that I'm the strong, independent uh, woman, my mom would say that I am the crazy hetun. <laughs> For her, I am always the crazy one.
0: <laughs> For more of Hatsun, be sure to follow her on social media at Hatsun Khadi. That's H A T O O N K A D I. She's also releasing a book, an autobiography, soon, so be on the lookout for that when
2: she makes an announcement on her social channels. This episode was produced by Hibba Fisher and myself, Dana Balut, with editorial support by Lina Mohammad and Alex Atek. Sound design by Mohammed Khreyzat and fact checking by Zaina Douaider. Our original sing was composed by Ramzi Bashur, and El Empire is produced by the Kerning Cultures Network. A huge thank you, of course, to Hatun for giving us her time for this interview. All of our guests are extremely busy people, so it means a lot to us that they trusted us with their time. Thank you so much, Hatun. This is our final episode of season one of El Empire. But we are thinking about a season two. So if you have ideas for people that you'd like to hear on the show, people you'd like us to interview, shoot us a message on our Kerning Cultures social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Shoot us a direct message or email us on info at kerningcultures.com. Kerning with a K. Lastly, if you are liking at Empire, please subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us from. It really, really helps boost our ranking so that other listeners can find out about the show. Thank you for everyone who has followed us on this exciting new journey. We love this show and we loved making it. So we really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.